All right, we are live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. What are we, 119? Yes, sir. 119. Hit the ground running. We are live. <laughs> Dusty and I accidentally wore blue again. It happens. Oh, Ron's freezing up on us. Guys, we've literally been connected for five seconds. So Ron might not have a good internet connection. Uh, he's back. He's back. He's on an island. What do you expect? Is he? Where, where is he? He's at his dad's house. Oh, yeah. So where does his dad I, live? I feel good. We got high. Oh, we got high. <laughs> We've got yeah, high nothing. internet connection. <laughs> all he said is, is, is uh, I feel good. I'm high. I'm high. That's all I heard. <laughs> here he is. Maybe this will be a better connection. Let's add him back in here. There he is. There he is. Okay. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, stay this time. I yes. have, we're, we're on high speed. I should be fine. I mean, it is, it is 2021 now, you know, yeah, but maybe but, it's all the, it's all the COVID cases getting you out there in Canada now and just slowed your internet down, slowed your gyms down. Yeah. People, people dying everywhere. Just death. There's nothing but death. It's the end. That hat's really nice. Yeah. It's not bad. I, um, is it blue I, mesh in the back? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll send my address. I'm ready. Okay. Dusty's, <laughs> Dusty's, Dusty's already, Dusty's already, uh, already having a hard time that I have a hat that he doesn't. Well, I mean, that oh, blue Leo. is just, wow. So actually, no, I, there's no, no edibles involved. Edibles are too much of a uh, commitment for me. I can't do it. It is a commitment. Yeah, it's like a long. Remember when I got like, lost gotta... walking around my neighborhood that time? Was, <laughs> that was a mess. Yeah, it was. I was gone for hours, Scott, and it turned out it was like seven minutes. But yeah. I thought that it was like I, I apologized when I got home. I'm like, honey, I'm sorry, I got lost. She's yeah, like, what? I've been gone for yeah. seven minutes, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite story ever about my favorite story ever about edibles. I don't even remember who told it to me now, but. He said he was in Amsterdam and he ate a brownie at a cafe and uh, he was, you know, he'd never had edibles before. So he was like, okay, let's have a brownie. And he was walking down the street in Amsterdam and he was trying to get back to his hotel and he was totally like unable to navigate. He'd, he had no bearings at all. And he was staring at the road and he was wondering how he was supposed to walk up this really steep hill it looked like a really steep hill. Like he was like, Oh, this is, how am I supposed to get up this steep hill? This is going to be really tough walk. Like these people must, they must be pretty fit if they're walking up these hills all the time. And then he realized it was a drawbridge. And <laughs> he was, <laughs> you're not supposed to go up that right now. He was looking at a drawbridge that was up. So he's looking at like a flat wall. And he's like, wow, because, you know, the line on the road, the line on the road still went up. Went up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like you would need to find out who this was because I love this person. Yeah, I just, I, I, some reason I can't remember. So, yes, I, <laughs> I'm at my dad's house and uh, everything is good out here, it's, except it's really strangely Canadian winter. We got like a foot of snow and uh, normally there's not a lot of snow on the island, you know, it's a little bit more of a you know, a little warmer than the rest of Canada, but, uh, man, they got hammered. So it's, uh, it's full on white Christmas here. So anyways, gotta go home wow. tomorrow, but, but we're having a good time. 
What about you guys? It's it's normal here, you know. I mean, I'm I'm just fascinated because I feel like um, I don't know if you saw Ron, but I went to North Carolina. I told you that's why I couldn't do the show on Monday, um, and it was <coughs> literally like taking a DeLorean back to 2020. Yeah. So uh, you'll love this. I go into this place, and of course, I don't wear masks. You know, I didn't wear masks the entire time, so it's against my religion. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so I walk into this place, and I'm like, oh, do you have a mask? And I was like, no. So, well, we need you to wear a mask. I'm like, this is a hookah bar. <laughs> We're all going to sit in a room and smoke and blow air and spit. Yes? No? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, just seat me. Thanks. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man. I want, you know, the government is just trying to keep you safe, Dusty. This I has nothing to do that. with just confusing people and just wearing them down and you know so well, well thankfully they're keeping them out of your gym so yeah yeah let's let's not let's not talk about that <laughs> fucking fucking people oh it's unreal yeah, i was laughing yeah. because bef before you even got on the first comment uh someone wrote was uh bc closed all the gyms last week until january 18th oh, we can go to the movies or a concert so it makes sense said no one ever I didn't know oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Happy. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. They just closed the gyms for three weeks. Shit. But it's fucking move out of nowhere. And they've been in, they've been going around. There's been some gyms that are like you know doing the Mister Sneaky. Like you know some of the smaller gyms that have the card locks. They can like mm -hmm. black out their windows and lock the front door and just use the card lock on the side door or something. You know, so they're kind of like operating under you know low key or whatever. But um, you know the big fucking gyms that have a hundred cars in the parking lot. Yeah. It's kind of hard to get away with much you got um, windows all along the front the front of your gym yeah you know? his whole gym is yeah, a window so, yeah exactly yeah so <laughs> so it's been uh and they have been going around and closing them there's been a couple that tried to stay open you know they even put on instagram like we're not closing and then three days later they're like okay we're closed mm, man, so that sucks i had no idea wouldn't make that claim publicly i mean just a thought yeah we're going against well, the government fuck them this is our address yeah yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so it's just one of those things but uh um, you know, there is, yeah, this is all I'm going to say on it. Some people don't quite get what it's like to own a business mm. where the government's fucking with you like that. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, we're talking to lawyers and we're talking all that stuff. We're still trying to find out like technically if we opened, would our insurance be valid? Important thing. Right. Valid. Mm. Right. Like a lot of people are like, fuck it. I'm opening my gym. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like I, I applaud that. But what if someone gets hurt well, plus or decides if, if you know anything hurt. about insurance mm. that's the game is how can we get out of paying oh they were not supposed to be open right yeah they'd fight that. Yeah. that yeah yeah you know it takes one asshole to come in and you know hurt himself hurt himself yeah you know and and sue you for a million dollars and your insurance goes ah so you're on your own you're not supposed to be open. good luck with that that sounds terrible yeah so <laughs> there's I, there's a lot of people that are really fixated on, you know, one element or another. It's a big mess. Mm. Uh, I, I have a lot going on right now. So I'm just trying to stay positive that, you know, we're going to use this. Like we're, we're doing construction at the gym right now anyways. So it's like we got like guys pouring concrete. We got guys doing drywall coming in. We got all these improvements happening. So it's not like, you know, we're just sitting there staring at our feet. There's stuff going on. We're making the gym better. We got new equipment arriving next week. Um, so, you know, you know, when we, when we open back up, it's people are going to come in and go, holy shit, like, this is awesome. 
you know so it will be nice there's benefits on the other side i like that i was reading the questions on the side while you were talking oh yeah okay anything that you want to hammer out right away no, just uh, just some good stuff. I'm just happy that everyone's already jumped I, in here, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, we barely so, made it. It was right? close. <laughs> I barely made it. My computer, it. my computer wanted to do a, a, a an update. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make sure I'm ready for the guys today. Everything's going to go smooth. And I turned my computer on, and it's it was a rest- I was like, I'm going to restart. It'll be running oh, smooth. You did the dusty, yes. And then it did an update, and I'm like, holy shit! But I, I made it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want this improvement. <laughs> Just not now. Not now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what uh what else we got? I I didn't put up a question thing because we're doing live, so I figured we wouldn't really need to, you know what I mean? I see some are um, jumping. We'll fire those questions, people. We'll we'll jump right on them because I didn't do any either because last time we did and then we had like a hundred questions. I was like, I want to do them separate. I have one so, for you guys today. I'll, I'll save it till later, but it's like one of those New Year's because this is the New Year's show. So I've got a New right. Year's question. I'll, I'll save it till a little later. Deeper so thinking. I'm going I'm to try to weave this in. So this one here just keeps grabbing my eye. Yeah. He's, this, uh, Andrew says, do you guys like the Matrix movies? And have you seen the latest uh, one? And the reason I bring this up is because I just watched an Elon Musk interview. And oh. uh, he was talking about how like, you know, there's very quite it's quite possible we're already living in a simulation (laughs) (laughs) don't do that to me elon i already know you're smarter than us (laughs) yeah and he's talking about like you know here's a few reasons why we might already be living in a simulation he starts talking and i just started laughing and i was like holy shit you know so um but i will say that the first matrix movie is one of the greatest science fiction movies of all time it's uh also one of the most important philosophical movies of our generation because we are actually going to see this shit like the metaverse is coming right Mm -hmm. the metaverse is coming so um for us to see the matrix in 1999 and then see the metaverse in 2021 starting to form you know um it's it's quite uh i don't know self-fulfilling prophecy maybe we'll see what happens yeah, I, I love it, but I've heard the reviews on the newest one was terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have no, <clears throat> no plans to watch it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I did in the original because I didn't even. I was just like, oh, Matrix, I'll go see it. And then literally the very first day, a few people that I like really trust their thoughts on movies and their depth were like almost walked out. Were, I mean, like the breakdown was just terrible. I was like, oh. Well, thank you yeah. for saving me $26. That's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So um, I haven't trained in a few days because, uh, you know, just as we were heading out here to see my dad, they closed the gyms. So I don't have the luxury uh, of my own gym. Mm. So I haven't trained for like, <laughs> it's been days now. So it's oh, kind of weird. There's that, there's that good gym that I like to go to that's out on the, on the island. Um Really old school one, what was that called? Yeah, yeah, down in Victoria probably. Probably talking about Odyssey. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. That's why I always train when I'm down there. I'm like, that that gym's great. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kinda it's kinda fucked up, you know. Oh, I got an actual holiday from the gym. I didn't mean to. So You probably needed you know, it. Did you bring your bike? Yeah, I did bring my bike and then we got out here and there was it so snowed. much fucking snow. I was like, Holy <laughs> shit, because we're just across the water, right? Like we're just a two hour ferry ride away. And like, right. the parking parking lots there were mostly bare for most of December, right? 
mm-hmm. but uh, I got out here and I was like, oh, that's not happening. So <laughs> don't I brought, need this. I brought, I brought my bike specifically because I was like, well, fuck, I can't train, so I'll, I'll get some exercise. But uh, no, I've just been laying on the couch, <laughs> eating the Nymo bars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, Perfect. yeah. Okay. Um, what else do we got going on here? I'm looking. We got down. a good one right here. Uh, <clears throat> how would you go out coaching a lifestyle client for weight loss who's not willing to eat the same thing every day like a competitor? Dinner with the family and adherence is their biggest struggle. Um, I would give them a list of proteins, a mm, list yeah. of carbs, and a list of fats, and they would all be portioned out so they were the same. Mm-hmm. And I would just tell them, here are your meals. This meal is one protein, one carb, and one fat. This meal is one protein, one carb. This meal is one protein, one fat, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just, they just plug and play. You don't give them a meal plan. You just plug and play. That's you could do a lot do. with that. You could do a lot with that too, up to a point, you know. Yeah, it's called Weight Watchers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody made millions and millions of dollars with Ron's move right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the big thing for guys. Yeah, if you're if much. you're if you're working with um, lifestyle people, is understanding that you can make a lot of change just on something basic like that. I mean. If you can remove eating like a complete asshole and add movement, people will improve. I think sometimes as, as bodybuilders, we get caught up in this. It's got to be so stringent thing. And it really doesn't for people to see the results they want. I think the problem is we, I know I do this. <clears throat> I think everyone's goals are the same as mine. Like when they say they want to be successful, I'm like, yes, that's $86,000 a month. That'll get you $1 million a year. That's very key. And they're like... <laughs> Oh no! I just, I just want to be able to go to a summer trip for four thousand dollars. Like, oh shit, we're doing something right, different. Right, right. Um, right. But same thing with fitness. Like, you know, just because you want to be huge or you want to be peeled, like, I, I think it's funny. Sometimes you'll see a competitor in their dead off season. They're like, oh, I just hate being this fat. And I'm thinking, ninety nine percent of the world is like, I would kill to look like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, so those basic tweaks are, are key. Um, and they'll see results. I think it's just ask people up front. The very first question I ask on my questionnaire is what is your goal and be as specific as possible because just like directions for getting somewhere, if you tell me I want to go to Texas, then I'm going to take you to a city I would go to in Texas. But if you wanted to go to Dallas, we're fucked, you know, get Mm. specific, right? (laughs) It's a big place, right. right? I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Plus, if they if they really can figure out where they want to go and tell you, then you can draw a straight line. Yeah, true. When well, you can let them know how long it's going to take to get there, depending on what they want. I mean, not everyone wants to get there as soon as possible, as long as they're seeing progress, because they don't want to give up the family dinner every single night. Like their wife makes dinner. Sometimes it's pasta. Sometimes it's steak. It's like, all right, well, can you ask your wife up front what dinner will be on Tuesday so we can make sure that we're prepared for that. Like, Oh, it's a high carb meal. Okay. Let's pull some carbs out of meal one and two. Yeah. Right. You can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Not complicated. No, things can be very simple. You know, um, what else we got here? How about Um, this one? This is uh, Rachel says I start my prep 
uh, my first prep in two weeks. What's one thing you wish you knew for your first prep? Um, so don't try to like, there's a, a myth that you can be ready too early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's right. I think that's like a myth. So people are dropping weight, like, you know, they're dropping three pounds a week right off the bat. And they're like, oh, shit, I better slow this down and be ready early. And I'm like, yeah, you want to be ready early, like as early as fucking possible, because <laughs> because you can never be too shredded. And like the earlier you're ready, the more you can just etch things in even more like there's no limit to how shredded you want to be. Yeah, it's very difficult to get shredded. So go hard, like get the weight off early. You know, if you start your diet, at, you know, say you start your diet at 170 and you think you'll compete around 130 or one or whatever. Don't try to go, OK, this many pounds a week all the way to the show. No, yeah. get like a bunch off, get like 80 percent of your weight off in the first month and a half, like just fucking blast. Yeah, that's what I say. That's what I say, especially if you've got weight to lose. Like, you know, if you're like a, a pro bodybuilder who's in good shape, then you can do things a little differently. But if you're like the average person who's like, yeah, I got to get in shape for my first show. I got 30 pounds to drop. It's like, get going. You yeah. know, I was going to say, I, I answer this the same every time. Um, and uh, I know that uh, this came from a woman, but for everyone is assume you're fatter than you think you are. Yes. And you don't have as much muscle as you think you do. <laughs> so just just keep dieting. I think a lot of times that's the thing is we assume we're closer than we are. Um, Five more know, pounds. With, yeah. I literally just tell, I mean, everyone, um, whatever, wherever you hold your most fat, that's the only thing you really need to worry about. Until that's in, nothing else matters. Yeah. You know, because there's, I mean, you know, you see guys and, and girls that... You know they've got abs, but I mean their their thighs or their ass is just blown out. Still, it's like just keep going, you know. So that's it, you know. And, and really, the other thing I the only other thing I'd add is enjoy the process. I think that's getting lost a little bit now. Like hmm. it it is a um, like we're fortunate to get to choose to get ready for a show. I, I you know, I, I know it's hard work and you definitely feel the suffering, but I used to like to remind myself when it was hard, like how lucky I was to get to choose this. Yeah. You know, it's cause it is hard. Your first show is at least for me, it was, I did not enjoy it. it I just refused to quit. Um, so I wish looking back that I would have realized like, it's fun to, to get to do this, you know? to manipulate your body and to have this machine essentially that you can, that you and your coach can control and bring in however you want to, if you're willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If yeah. you remember that too, I, I think that that kind of keeps you like you have gratitude, you know, because it's mm -hmm. easy when you're, when you're really struck because you find out on that first diet, when you're getting contest lean, you find out what it means to really work. And I think people can get a bad attitude about that. But if you remember what you're saying, Dusty, about that, you know, it is a luxury to be able to do this. And it puts it in a little better perspective. Like nobody's making you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you found my word, Scott. I was looking for the word luxury in my yeah. brain and it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> you know what? This isn't it. This isn't like advice or something like to, to do different. But I, I think the thing that took me by the most surprise, I didn't think about 
how short the period of time is that you're actually on stage. Like all the time you put into that, all the dieting, all the posing, all the cardio. And then it's like five minutes. You're done. That's it. You know, I was like, wait, that's it. (laughs) I'm done. That's true. That was very true. I I remember my biggest thing was I was a little nervous to walk on stage. Yeah. And I didn't realize that you can barely see the audience when you walk out because the lights are so (laughs) bright. I was like, you can see like five people and you can hear your mom in the corner and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just yeah, heard my mom go, put your clothes on. Like, oh, shit, sorry, mom. <laughs> you can just see the judges' faces usually. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That, that actually helped me a ton because I was the first show, I was kind of like, this is weird. <laughs> like, you know, because there was back back then, show even local shows were big and I sucked. So, like, I'm walking out and there's like 2,000 people out there and I'm like, Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they can't see me. It's fine. I can't see them, so I'll pretend they can't see me. They were looking all the good guys anyway, so it was fine. <laughs> yeah. I remember the, the, the days of the big packed show. Like, Oh, yeah. I just, I just remember like local shows used to have like every single seat was sold out. You know? It was fucking, it was good times. It was good times. And now yeah, they only had three like, in my area, so that they—that's why they were packed. There was only yeah. three, and right. four million people lived in Phoenix. So, so <laughs> what, what used to happen is everybody would come to the bodybuilding show. Let's say it started at six. The finals was at six. The crowd was packed at six. Yeah, and it was packed, and the show started, and they ran through, you know, women's lightweight, men's lightweight, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they just went through the show all the way to the super heavies. And then they gave the overall and then everybody cheered and went home. Yeah. And, and the whole, and the whole night was like three or four hours long. And then as things changed and divisions started coming in and shows started getting longer and the whole marathon show started happening, (laughs) it, it just became the crowd the crowd is only the people that are obligated to watch the class that's on the stage. Yeah. So it's the boyfriends, the training partners, the parents, the best friends and the coworkers of the figure girls. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And the figures on and they're running through the figure classes. And then when they, when they finish the figure, the whole crowd turns over. Every yep. single person gets up and fucking leaves. Now the bikini crowd and, comes in. And the bikini crowd <laughs> comes in. And that's all the boyfriends who are obligated to be there and the sisters who are obligated to be there and the parents. They're just it's like there a wedding. to watch. You're only there because you it's, have to be there. It sucks. You have to be there for this person. <laughs> it's, it's, it's changed. It's like I sort of feel like we used to go to perform in front of a crowd. Oh, yeah. And now we're just they're just there to be judged and hmm. the crowd just turns over with every division. And there's, it's just, it's a totally different thing. You know, yeah. it's a little sad. I'm not quite going to have a tear, but you know, I had one of those yesterday over just, hockey, so it's okay. Oh, okay. It's just different. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just different than it used to be. Oh, for sure. Well, that, I mean, like I said, where I was, there was three shows. There's eight now. And I think the number of competitors that compete per year is the same. Right. So the shows are really yeah. shallow aside from the, you know, the, the people who do all of them. But I mean, as far as the shows themselves, you know, it used to be a really big deal to win. Like, I mean, I'm sure it was the same up there. Like you wanted to win the Mr. Arizona. You wanted to say, yeah. that's me. 
you know what I mean? And now it's it's kind of similar to being an IFBB pro. Like, well, who isn't? <laughs> like, you know, it's just a fact. Like, it's it's definitely a watered down uh, word. I kind of wish that they would have like a different, like, you know, an elite IFBB pro. <laughs> Wait, they do have that, the IFBB sever? elite. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not in our country, but yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Let me oh, see here. Hey, look, Dude, who's, we look who's here I'm with us. Get all these questions. Who's... Oh, great. She's I don't actually... want to talk Hello. about anything scientific I now. I can't even <laughs> hang out with the guys without his wife dropping in. She's, she's in her office. She's here to support us. <laughs> she's right away. She's, Just she's start right having fun. Just start having fun in one of the Watch wives. Your mouth. Like, don't don't say you. anything, guys. Don't say anything. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that was I'm watching you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get exactly. this from the other room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. We're getting a bunch of ACDC questions. Did you see those oh, popping up, Ron? Yeah. No, I don't. I, I, I'm not really watching this side. Whoa, throw okay. one at me. All right. So here, here's the second one that came up, and then there's a trivia one after this. Uh, question for Ron, best ACDC song to train to? Oh, God. Oh, God. Infinite. I, 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 think Hell, I, I think Hell's Bells is like the king of intense songs for them. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Hell's Bells. That whole like two minute opening thing is just—it's so awesome. That's one of their greatest achievements. That song. So. So, so, so. Let me just let me just take this a further level for you. Yeah. <clears throat> you have to. Tr- you're in your prime. Yeah. At any point. Yeah, and I got a big set coming up. What song? What song? Any song? Not yeah. any song. What is it? <clears throat> uh, one of my big leg day songs was Pantera. I'm broken. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Solid choice. Or Five Minutes Alone or yeah. New Level. Yeah, I was a big Pantera guy. I used to listen to Pantera on Leg Day almost exclusively. Oh, yeah. Fucking Hostile. That was my song. Yeah, Fucking Hostile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Drag the Waters. Just these fucking... They were so awesome. Pantera was the king of power group metal. And uh, they had a whole decade of dominance. This is the, it's fantastic. This is the other one that came up. Trivia so, for Ron. So this is interesting. Metallica actually uses Ecstasy of Gold, which is the second half of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. If you listen to the theme from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, there's huh. two halves to it, and the second half is called Ecstasy of Gold. And Metallica has opened every single concert since 1983 with Ecstasy of Gold, except for the load-reload era, which they dropped it from the concerts, but then they brought it back. And... Um, it's uh, the symphony piece. They just let it play. And it's like, it's pretty cool because it's like, it makes you feel like there's going to be a gunfight at noon, you know? Huh. It's like, it's a real, because it's like, everyone knows the good, the bad, and the ugly theme, right? It's, it's, it's very cowboy, very Western, very gunslinger. Yeah. And, then Metall- and then Metallica comes out, bam. Um, so, but uh, I, I, think they, I think they have used Hell's Bells a few times too. Um, I don't know. This this is funny because, like I say, they use ecstasy of gold. So I don't know what he means. But I will say this. Um, oh, long way to the top. Oh, they play that before ecstasy of gold. So there you go. So um, that's that's great to know. Um, so Aerosmith, yeah, for like fucking twenty five years, they play the entire Back in Black album over the speakers before they come on stage. No kidding. So if you ever go see Aerosmith, 
and you walk into the stadium when the lights are still on and they haven't come on yet and you're finding your seat, the Back in Black album's playing on the speakers. And it's not cranked, but it's like playing. You can hear it. It's like, and they play the whole album. And then when the album's done, they come on stage, boom. And they just say that there's no, they call the album, they call Back in Black a party in a can. And they just, they just want everyone to be in the right mood for a rock and roll show. So they play that album. So, yeah. I, I have to ask for the people that are <laughs> listening and can comment here. Am I the only one that's blown away at what's in Ron's brain? He knows more about this topic than I know about anything in the entire world. Right? <laughs> and every know. time he talks, I'm like, I just like, we got to have a show where we, we need to have a show talk, called Ask Ron. And we just fire him questions. I'm going to be on the side fucking typing my questions in. It's amazing. I'm sorry, Ron. I'm your biggest fan. Uh, Anyways. Uh, well, hey. <laughs> if you want, here's, a, here's a, another gem. If you want I mean, he said example. 1983. He knew the date that they started doing this. Right? Well, I, Who knows that? I, don't know. I, read, knows an, I read an article <laughs> once. I read an article once. Yeah, he read um, that article in 87. <laughs> and it locked into his fucking mind. So I if you want to hear... If you want to hear, if you want to hear the ecstasy of gold and then Metallica, if you want to hear that, how they intro the show, go on Spotify or Apple music and find their live album, binge and purge Metallica, binge and purge it's live from San Diego. And just start the album. The first song is Andrew Sandman. But when you press play, the whole ecstasy of gold plays and then they come on stage and you hear the crowd go nuts yes and, tanya uh, yes yeah there you go <laughs> he, oh, is, he is more than ready <laughs> i'm ready oh, so so yeah great. so i recommend that to everyone uh metallica live binge and purge just go listen i'm sorry know. i'm fascinated i don't know <laughs> quite often google quite often google corrects me i'll say something with like sheer confidence and then i'll google it after the show and i was off by like a year i'm like ah oh, fuck and then it yeah, bothers you say me. it with such confidence that I would never yeah. do you. I no, would, I, none would, of us I would, would complain to Google that they were wrong. Right. No, it, it, no. It eats away at me. <laughs> that is not what Ron said. Google kiss my ass. Okay. Okay. It gives more oh, I questions like here, Scott. Yes. Okay. Well, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I wanted to throw this one in. I just read like it. Cause it. I'm blurry. So you got to read it out loud. <clears throat> when did you guys understand this is what hard training is. Ooh, I like that one. And, and I know, Dusty, you've told the story about J.J. Marsh on the leg extension, but there's got to be yeah, another that's terrible. one. terrible. Um, I mean, okay, so that was, that was one. But here's what I will say that I can add to that story is I can tell you when I remember that there were levels to training because um, I trained intense. Everyone I knew knew I trained intense. And, Ron, that day that I ended up training back in Temple Gym with Dorian, um, he's retired, like, you know, how God knows a deck over a decade at this point. And I realized that the intensity in that human was just another place. And I was, and all it made me think is what the hell was he when he was getting ready for the Olympia? If this is the intensity he has now, because yeah, I know yeah. it's drawn huh. back like drastically. Yeah. And I mean, I would like it was just it blew my mind and I realized like man I need to I need to one up and it's when I realized that intensity is progressive like what I think is intense now versus what I thought was intense even five years ago when I was still pushing you know as a, as a pro 
I'm, I'm way more brutal now than I was then. And I think we can all kind of go backwards and see that like 2010, 2015. So as long as you just, I think you remember, or you should be mindful of the fact that, uh, as hardcore as you are and as hard as you're pushing, there's probably another level. So look for it. Right. Yeah. And, and another thing too, people hear you say like intensity and they think of like training to failure or, or whatever, but it's, it's more than that. It's just like, like being in the moment. Oh, for sure. And, and, and giving off energy, you know, like, you know, some people lift, lift you up, their energy lifts you up. Mm -hmm. And so that like, I remember Dorian talking about when he trained, he said like, you know, like he would, he would be, he would pace a lot. Mm -hmm. Like he'd just pace between sets, just back and forth across the floor, just getting ready for his next set. And I were, and it was funny. Cause I remember when he said that, I was like, Oh, like we used to do that. Like we used to pace around, like, like getting really, really, really psyched up for the set, like mm -hmm. almost overdoing your, your psych up where it like, almost drains energy from you because you put so much into getting psyched up. You know what I mean? For sure. And I, I've talked, I've talked about that before. Like, is there a point where you're giving off too much of your energy hmm. and, and, and yes, it seems very intense because you're like a fire, like everyone around you is like, man, that guy's intense, but it, are you actually like giving away too much energy, like giving it off? Like, is it actually inefficient? to be that way. Mm -hmm. And I've asked myself that question over the years because, you know, as I've gotten older and I've found a way to sort of like be calm between sets and then like mm -hmm. turn it on for the set. I wonder if it might not have served me a little better than sort of just like hemorrhaging energy for an entire hour in every direction out of every pore all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I mean, you know, Ron, because we've trained together, like, in between sets, I, I'm just chilling, half asleep. Um, you know, I, I don't mind joking, <laughs> any of that shit, because I, I think as I've gotten more experience, I can turn it on and off. I need about yeah. five seconds before a set where I can kind of like, half the time, I'll literally close my eyes and just kind of find myself. And then once I touch the bar, I'm good to go. But you're right. When I was younger, it was it, on the way to the gym, I was shaking. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like screaming in my car, singing to fucking Pantera as I'm driving to the gym. And I get to the gym and my throat would be sore. Yeah. Because <laughs> you fired yourself up that much. Yeah. And I'd just be like, fucking, let's fucking go. You know? And I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, it's like the only really way I knew how to do things. Um, just my personality when it came to, to training. But, um, you know, I wonder like, you know, how many, how many, uh, how many, how many uh, missions to Mars could I have funneled with all that energy? I, I <laughs> you know, but so, sometimes I, I like to look back and be like, yeah, but would you, rem would it be as memorable any other way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would it have been as fun? You know, like, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, it was just the way that, I wanted that to is fun. Things. You know, I mean, you, you were, everyone in your gym probably knew you were a freaking lunatic. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a good, it was good. It was good. So yeah, but that's just, you know, you look back and you wonder, you know. Absolutely. We, we got more here. Dude, these are, you guys are awesome. I can't keep up. I accidentally moved them and now I'm not seeing the new ones. There we go. You know what? So, While you guys are looking for one, I, but this is going to eat at me if I don't do it now. We had one of our listeners who asked for a shout out. 
And uh, normally I'm like, yeah, sure, we can do that. And then I totally forget. You know what I mean? But I sent it to you guys so that we would remember. This is from Neil. And he says, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. I wasn't sure if you guys were recording. Ron said, you're going to do, do it on again on Monday. So anyway, he got married on the 22nd. This is Neil. And he asked if, if we could give him and his wife, Rochelle, a shout out because they both listen to the show. And there's their, uh, there's their picture there. And yeah. congrats. Where are they from? Uh, not here. He's on the live feed right now. Maybe he could tell us. Where are you from? And congratulations. But Oh, I got a guy here who just corrected me, and I know why I got it wrong. What was it, and what did you get he wrong? Just said, he just said, isn't Binge and Purge in Mexico City? And he's right. The album is. But oh. there's, there's a bunch of video from San Diego from the same tour. That's why I said San Diego. All of you people knowing all this stuff really makes me feel dumb. Anyways. No problem. <laughs> yes, it is Mexico City. The, the album, the album, the album's Mexico City. It bothered me, Dusty. Like I said, I got it wrong. And then like a minute later, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm with you, Dusty. Don't feel bad. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Jesus. Okay, give, okay. give us more questions. You're, you, Scott, you're on the question patrol. All right. I, I got a few that I grabbed over here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we got the ACD stuff, ACDC stuff out of the way. You got the one about hard training, man. There was some, there was some stuff. There was something about, uh, uh, you know, I'm not a huge ephedrine guy. Um, yeah, but, but I've been talking about it because our sponsor in Canada sells it. I'm just fascinated with the fact you can get ephedrine in Canada. So I've been mentioning that whenever I can. But Joshua says he's been using it. Currently taking, he says Scott obviously loves ephedrine. Currently been taking Broncade with my morning coffee. Any heart issues or side effects I should try and mitigate? One, no. Two, that's not as good as ephedrine. What's, um, the, it's what's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference? It's a alkaloid. Okay. So it's it's the best we can get here and I used to do I that's what I use for all my preps too. Um but uh no, you can take you can take up to 50 milligrams at a time safely of that with no issue. I would take it with 200 milligrams of caffeine and a baby aspirin to uh, thin out the blood a little bit so things move quick and and you're good to go. But yeah, Bronchid's a a nice little gem in the states, but uh Ron knows that I stock up when i'm in canada which i can't go there anymore but huh. you know because i haven't been stabbed yes <clears throat> yes i i just think you don't actually want to come and see me i think that's why you're you know resisting. i think it's because i've been to your gym and i need you to bring you down to our gyms that's all yeah you need to come see you yes a mutant on the mission in one of our gyms you know i tried yes. to convince ron as soon as they were giving him a hassle i'm like you want to move to the states i'm gonna move to the states we could buy another gym. I already know one that's for sale. I took my shot like immediately. I don't think he was prepared. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> You're so fast. Well, we'll just see how long the uh, how long the tyranny continues here, Dustin. <laughs> I have I still have hope for I'm still foolishly hopeful that we can turn things around here and, you know, win a couple elections and get these fucking people out and you know, get back to <laughs> Get back I'm sorry to, for making know. this political, people. I just was trying to get yeah, yeah, yeah. States. You guys understand? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> All right. You got we got one for Scott. We've got some bodybuilding stuff. We got more. Mu- well, I think we triggered the people to ask music questions. So there's more of those. And yeah, Shannon Cress. Well, wait, well, well it's Shannon, too late. It's Shannon's too late. A friend of mine. Yes. Can you be carbohydrate sensitive, Ron? Question. 
Well, she says especially when having thyroid issues. So, I mean, well, thyroid issues are like that's a whole nother ball of wax. So, I mean, I guess you would present as carb sensitive if you had thyroid issues. You might not actually be carb sensitive, but if you got thyroid issues, it's going to make it seem like you don't metabolize things as easily, right? Um, so that's just that's a pretty complicated thing. I would say, I would say yes, you can be. It's not nearly as common as what people always say. Oh, I'm carb sensitive. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just, you just, you know, have some problems with the carbs you choose and how much of them you keep eating. Yeah. That's right. part of my answer. But, but you can be, there are, there are people who are carb sensitive. I mean, we all know just from dieting, like when you go really low carbs for a while and then you like slam some carbs, it's, it's a little bit different than right. when you're just normally eating carbs, you know, you are more insulin sensitive. So, I mean, yeah, the answer is yes, but it's pretty complicated. Yeah. I think, I mean, ba based on, you know, knowledge, the, the biggest factor with your, with a thyroid issue is, um, find the right doc that's going to go through those things with you because you're going to be sensitive to anything that appears to be an excess of calories <laughs> with a thyroid issue, you know, cause I think that that's the big thing. Cause I know, you know, a lot of people where it's an uphill battle, but if we can handle the hormones, you'll start to get the reward you deserve for the work. I have a client I worked with for a year and we spent, like I, I had to tell her up front, like we're going to spend the year, getting your blood work in order and you're going to pay me right. and you're going to get no results as far as the scale. But if we get your blood where it's supposed to be, you're going to see changes. And now it's so funny. It's like a prophecy now because every check-in it's changes. And I'm like, Oh, nice. You know, but it takes, it takes a special person to put in that time and be like, all right, I'll grind yeah. it out. A lot of and, trust and get too. these things. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause so I told him like, you're going to feel like I'm robbing you because you're going to pay me every month. And we're just going to do our best to get your hormones right. And whatever happens with the scale is what happens, yeah. you know, which sucks. But, you know, we, we, we don't uh, we don't get to choose the hand we're dealt. We just have to play it. <clears throat> How about this guy here? Uh, is it necessary to take a deload period between different training programs, uh, i.e. heavy, excuse me, heavy, low volume to higher volume blocks? Um, well, I mean, I would say it's not necessary. It just depends on how long you've been at it already and how long the blocks are and all that stuff. I mean, I will admit I didn't do a lot of this sort of stuff, but it was more of an instinctual thing. But I mean, if you've just done like 12 weeks of crazy smashing and you're going to switch things, I mean, I, I always used to like a couple of days off here and there just to recover. I mean, I never called it a deload. Like I never used the term deload once for like the first 25 years I trained. Right. No, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was like, it wasn't a term that we used. It was just like, Oh, I'm not going to do any forced reps for two weeks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, or I'm going to cut my volume for even lower for two weeks. I'm just going to do like one set instead of two sets. It was intuitive. You know? It sounds like, yeah. You know, and then I would take a week off before I started my prep and I'd take a week off after the show at some point. So that mm -hmm. was just, it was sort of like real generic sort of stuff. Um, but you got to make sure that like, you know, I mean, are you enthusiastic and motivated and full of fire and want to kick ass in the gym and looking forward to training tomorrow and all that shit? Because that's, mm -hmm. that's how you want to be. 
And if you're having a hard, like if you're really burned out or you're fried or you've been squatting heavy every single week for like 10 weeks in a row, um, then maybe you need a little bit of a deload before you kick into the next part of the plan, you know? Right. So about it's you, all about Scott? how you feel. I, You know what? I, I'm kind of with Ron in that it, it's hard. It's hard to explain when you do something intuitive. But I, I think that's I can relate to what you're saying, Ron, because I feel like that's the way that I've been is I don't have like a schedule. I've never had a schedule where like we're going to hit this eight weeks and then we do a deload. I, you know, I go until I know that I need to back off. And then when I've backed off historically, it, like you said, deload wasn't kind of it wasn't part of our vocabulary for a real long time. You know, yeah, you just knew that you had to do a little bit less for a while or maybe you had to take a day off or something like that. But and then, you know, after a while of doing that, after maybe you're backing off for a little while, you're feeling good and then you start pushing again. So, you know, it, it just it, it, I don't know, man. I also feel like 15 years ago, we didn't like do as many set plans like a lot of people who come to me now. They've got like a, a set plan where well, this is what I've been running for 12 weeks. You know what I mean? And, and then before that, this is what I did for 12 weeks. I feel like we just trained for years straight and the training evolved and it doesn't mean we did the same thing. It doesn't mean there wasn't thought put into it, but I, I guess it was just less on paper and more experience. I don't know. Does you guys get, yeah. get what I mean by that? Oh, yeah. Sure. I never, I never wrote down that my shoulder hurt. So I was going to do all machines for the next three weeks. Right. Yeah. Just make a note of it. Like my shoulders bugging me. I'm going to do all machines for a couple of weeks. Right. You know, and then my shoulder would feel better, and I'd go back and try some dumbbells. I'd maybe put them last. Be like, oh, I feel right. better. Okay, and we get into the dumbbells again. You know, so yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm always curious because I think you have to have some sort of a training advice um, to give people, especially when they're clients. But I think I've told you guys this before. I asked Chris when we first started working together, just because I was curious his take because he never talks about training. And I said, hey, how do you suggest I train? Um, this is how I train currently. And I just, you know, told him like high intensity. And his, I'll never forget his answer. I, I wish I would have screenshot it because he was like, I suggest you train fucking hard. <laughs> and I was like, got it. And that was it. I mean, it, it's, it's funny because it's so accurate. Um, I think the only downside to that, of course, is, is that most of us don't know what that is. You know? Um, I remember Luke talked about that, uh, at one point, I can't remember, it might've been on our show. Um, but he talked about, uh, how guys will talk about, well, you know, I don't need days off and I don't need to, you know, I don't need breaks. I don't need cruises. And he's like, well then, cause you don't do what I do. Right. Like what I do in the gym requires those things. Yeah. You know, so very key. Yeah. I, I like this little bring the question up thing, Scott. It's very exciting. I, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I don't know. I like this, this one. Yeah. I like this one. He says, Hello from Morocco. Oh nice. Is it okay to get muscle soreness every week or should I cut back on training intensity? Huh. And this one's I like this one because I actually don't know if is I don't even know if the science is it's not even conclusive yet, is it, on soreness? We don't even know. Really no, they, totally they, they say it doesn't really. necessarily mean it was a great or a yeah, not great it workout. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a great or a not great workout. But I will say that I definitely believe that soreness is at least a good sign that you know how to target a muscle group. 
-hmm. So like if you train chest and the next day your entire pec is sore, like all the way up into the, like, you know, the top part here and across, but your front delts aren't sore. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I really know how to use my chest like properly. So those it's, it's a, it's, it's really good feedback. You know, like if you're trying to bring up your quad sweep and your quads, like your outer quads are super sore after you train, that's like, probably a good sign that you are doing what you need to do to load that muscle and overload it and stimulate it and freak it out and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But, but I, and, and I will then say this is I made a point of making sure I was sore after every single workout for about 25 years, because Mm. coming from the, the Dorian era, we believed that like, if you weren't sore, you were, you didn't fucking train, you know? Right. And, it wasn't until much later that we kind of realized that that's they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're more like they're related. They're not tied together. They're not married. They're cousins. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't marry muscle, cousin, muscle. Yes. Yeah. Muscle growth. <laughs> and well, maybe if you're in South Carolina there, Dusty, you can get you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like uh, muscle soreness and growth aren't, aren't tied together, but they're definitely related. And it's, it's, uh, you don't have to be sore. Some people don't get sore. And, uh, and there was a bunch of other stuff about soreness that I always thought was interesting too. Like when you're really depleted, you know, you're dieting super hard on low carbs, I would stop getting sore. Huh. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it's, and, and which is like counterintuitive because you'd think that stopping you're getting feeding, sore means, yeah. it, means your recovery should be better. But you're, you know your recovery is not better because you're on low calories and you're fucking hungry. But it's, I think it's because when you're depleted, you don't get as much of a pump stretch, a loaded mm. stretch. Uh. So there's less, there's less micro damage to the muscle when you do loaded stretches in the exercises, you know, like whatever exercise you're on. Huh. But when, you, when you're more pumped, there's more pressure and there's more damage. So I, I always sort of suspected that's why I stopped getting sore, like right, really close to a show because I was just, you know, dieting so hard. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Scott, I'm, I'm making you answer. You, uh, I like when Scott answers. That was good shit. Well, you know what? I, I, I used to think years ago, like everybody else, that soreness was the answer. Like, okay, yeah, I got real sore. I had a really good workout. And then I started listening to, you know, smart people talking. And then I just got really confused. And for a while, I was like, soreness doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? And, and then I feel like I've come back to more of the middle of the road, like Ron said. You know, it's like, hey, maybe I'm trying to target my adductors a little bit more in my leg day. And if my adductors are real sore the next day, then I know, you know what? I probably did what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? And that was that was probably a good thing. The only thing I think that like if I could go back and change anything with my soreness, I think that what I didn't understand was train hard enough to get what I needed. But then don't bury myself with all the as you know, nowadays we call it junk volume. That it, I could have probably cut my workout a lot shorter and that lat soreness may have only lasted two or three days or my leg soreness, that crippling, as John Meadows called it, John Meadows called it the old school sore. It was one of the last episodes I did with him. He was like, man, we trained so hard. My legs were old school sore. And I knew exactly what he meant, you know? I, I totally get that. I remember Dorian saying that he was sore for, his legs were sore for three to four days every single week for his entire career. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, that's totally how I was. I was the same way. My legs were sore, really sore for two to three days and then pretty sore for four days every mm-hmm. week, yeah. every single week. 
You know what's funny is I, I like to back out science. I mean, obviously I understand it. Yeah. Um, and there's a place for it. But for me, I guess my answer for if I was if somebody was gonna ask me like for a blanket, no science answer, I would say I would rather I had to admit that I overworked than underworked. Yeah. You know, you trained yeah. I'd much rather somebody said you trained too hard and probably could have backed it down. <laughs> because at least I know I maximize resorts. What do you think, Jed? Uh he's such a stud. Jed agrees. He does isn't agree. that a good looking dog? Isn't that a good he looking is. dog? You're going the wrong way though. You don't know how to steer. Going the wrong way. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Look at that. It's Look like backing that. in a trailer. You gotta turn the wheel the opposite way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mirror image shit. Look at that. That's freaking awesome. Like but no, I mean I I think that soreness is still a good gauge, to be honest. I know we're not you can't obsess with it. Yeah. But I think everyone who knows the science still says when they wake up the next morning they move, they go. It's a good day. That hurts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I still feel this like just the other day I changed some bicep stuff and I woke up and my buys were sore. And that doesn't happen very often. It's kind of like shoulders. My shoulders get crazy pumped, but they don't get very sore. So when you do, right. you're like, yes, that's a win. That's did a win. you have a muscle? Did you have a muscle that got sore the easiest? Yes. Calves. My calves all my calves hurt. Uh, my entire career and they never grew. They just hurt. <laughs> my, my, I could get my pecs sore. I remember, I remember one day I went into the gym and I just warmed up mm -hmm. and my pec tendon was bothering me. So I got to like a two plate incline and I did like a set of 10 on with two plates on the incline. And I was like, man, I don't think I should train on this. Like this, something's wrong. And it was out of the blue. It's not like I had a sore pec tendon. I was just completely fine. And then all of a sudden I had a sore pec tendon. Huh. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I should probably just go home. Like, so I think I did some like biceps or something and went home. And the next day my pecs were sore. <laughs> and I just laughed. I was like, I can't just warm up on the incline and my pecs are sore. You <laughs> good know good I mean? problem. You know yeah. what? Th this isn't from the live feed, but I wanted to share it with you guys. This uh, this came up in the uh, Think Big Facebook group, and I know I saw the guy is is here with us right now. He posted this, uh, and he said, uh, "I'll read that to you." He says, um, "So a friend of mine, in quotes, decided to join the dark side this weekend. I'm sure there is worst injection stories out there, but this was pretty brutal." Someday I'll look back and laugh and see here. Do you guys ever have uh, this happen to you? <laughs> so, so what, he just dropped it? Or is there more to the story? Like he passed uh, out and dropped it. I think he just, I, th I mean, this is enough. You know what I mean? This is enough, Ron. This is <laughs> like, like to me, the, the only answer to that question is uh, the, the very first thing I ever did were ampules. Oh. So it was knowing how to break them without breaking them. It's scary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's like, you're like to... fuck, that was that twenty dollars sustenance. Fuck. <laughs> well, you know what's funny, Ron? Because you know, obviously, I'm I'm such a uh, dainty and you know got soft hands kind of guy. Yeah, you're. What a I soft used touch to do. <clears throat> yeah, I was. It's all about the soft touch. I realized that the best thing for me to do, I would grab a um, a towel like a dish towel, and I'd grab the top and squeeze it until it popped, and I would just throw the glass away and then huh. go. <laughs> That's like I, I'm holding all the broken glass. We're fine. Oh no! <laughs> Everyone's got. You, you'd see like an experienced guy just pop it so nicely. It's like a perfectly. 
I'm like, that yeah. was an easier way. Just crush it. I had, when you're... I had a little file. I had a yeah. little file. This is, this yeah, is, to get it warm. Saw. Oh, no this kidding. Is, this is, this is, this is. So I had these, these amps of Masteron from France, and they were real. Like, this was in the mid-'90s. And you just took whatever you could get, right? So, like, yeah. I wasn't doing a show, but some dude shows up at the gym. He's got Masteron amps from France. And you're like, I'll take some. And <laughs> each each amp was in its own box and then each box had a little file in it and it so came you'd with like, the file that's classy a little file yeah every that's single real classy. box had a little had a little file in it so i had a couple of those files and i would like use those just to make sure like even if you had an amp that had a a dot on it with a little <clears throat> score yeah perforation you know, yeah. you'd still still take my little saw and i'd give it like a few extra little hits and make sure it broke easy he was just proud that he had that. That's all that was. Yeah, yeah, I was fancy. I was fancy. So I, um, I, uh, I will tell the the story of my second stack, which was just Sustanon. It was one one Sustanon a week for ten weeks. That was my second cycle. But they were the ready jacks from Mexico. Ooh, the old right. glass syringe ready jacks lore a lot of lore about those yes they were legendary however they were they had in like an 18 gauge inch and a half mm-hmm. long nail like a hollowed out nail for, <laughs> it's a mcdonald's a straw for those who have oh, seen god <laughs> and we we like i'd already read like the whole anabolic reference guide you know like i was fairly up i knew what i was doing but we just never thought to shoot it into another syringe. Oh God! You just take that eighteen gauge every time. Well, no, I did it the first time. Oh, first time I was like, "Fuck!" I guess this is how you do it. And I just put it in the glute. Ooh! And oh my God, I was fucking crippled. Plus, it was like the most like rank, thick, real <laughs> sustenance. You know, like it was hundred mm-hmm. percent real. So the probe hurt, and it had such a powerful smell to it because I think it had pretty high alcohol in it. Ah. Uh. Right, but it had like it had a like a real powerful, potent smell, and it was strong. And I remember the probe, the solvent, and the giant nail all combined to make (laughs) the worst, most painful fucking. I was limping around for like a whole week. (laughs) And then (laughs) the start, yeah. And then another guy at the gym was like, "Uh, "Didn't you put that in like a different case and put a little tip on it?" And I'm like. Uh, I never thought of that. I feel like oh. an idiot. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't use those. He's like, don't use those. Don't use those. No one actually uses that nail. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm such a dummy. It's just funny. You know what I mean? So that's my story. It's good to know Ron has dumb stories too. Yes, of course. But he's just so excited, right? I got another one here for you guys. He says, uh, Ron is a bigger guy trying to make the push over 290. He's six one. Can you share Damn. any of the recipes um, from those big shakes from Chad? Uh, that might be a nice nightcap. And then he had a question here. I'll just throw it in so you guys can tackle them both. He says, also, any tips uh, for hamstrings for taller guys? Have RDLs up to 600 by four reps, but development is still mediocre. Okay. Well, the shake thing, um, yeah, Chad had me just, man, you need a blender, that's for sure. Um, So I think I was doing like, I think the shake 
was like orange juice with like 50 grams of carb powder and a cup of oatmeal and two scoops of vanilla whey because orange and vanilla are pretty good together. Yeah. Dream and, a handful, yeah. and a big handful of fruit. I, I remember it was almost 200 carbs in the one shake. Right. So there was like, you know, the orange juice there was quite a <laughs> Yeah, you know, 50 grams from the orange juice, 50 grams from the carb powder, you know, almost, you know, almost 100 from grams the from the oat, oatmeal and the berries. Yeah, it was a big shake. And then there was like two or three scoops of isolate in there too. But I was pounding a couple of those a day. Yeah. There may or may not have been some humulant. I, a lot. Maybe I need not. a lot. You want a lot with a 200 gram carb shake. <laughs> yeah, there was some. Those are the days. And then the hamstring. And what about thing. the hams? Um, so 600 by four is like a hell of a stiff leg deadlift. An yeah. RDL. That's heavy as fuck. So obviously, this is how I think. Do you need to be stronger than that to hmm. develop big hamstrings? Well, no. clearly not. There's a bunch of pro bodybuilders that have amazing hamstrings that can't even pick 600 up off the ground. You know what I mean? Realistically. Um, so maybe your glutes and your lower back tend to do a lot of work when you're working that heavy and your hamstrings are still doing a bunch of work, but maybe they're not actually being like totally destroyed. And maybe there's some form in there that you can find that'll be more hamstring, uh, you know, targeted, but maybe you have to drop the loading down to 400 and kind of find your hamstrings. Mm. You know, are they, are they really stretching? Like, do you feel them really stretch and like pull to the end of their range? And then when you, when you lift the weight, do you feel the hamstrings like sort of pulling on your pelvis or does it just kind of feel like you're muscling the weight up with your back and your glutes? Mm. So there's, there's, you, you know, you never know. Just, you could just be almost too strong for, you know, what you're trying to target. You know what I mean? You might have to just tweak your form a bit and change things because there's there's like a dozen ways to do a, an RDL, like for mm -hmm. the same person. Like you could, there's all these little tweaks you could do and little things you can emphasize, and then look at your leg curls. Like, are your leg curls being done, you know, properly? Are you, you know, are you letting your butt kind of move around a lot? Or you, you know what I mean? There's 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 a few things you could do. I would say if you're doing 600 for four on the stiff leg and you still want bigger hamstrings, I would start looking at exactly how you're executing things because that's immensely strong you know it's like someone saying i bench four plates for 10 and i have a shitty chest yeah I'm like well clearly your bench isn't your problem right i think you, know you have to I mean? factor There's... those things in though like you said ron because when when i was younger i used to do um dumbbell leg curls with like 125 pounds and right. i was like again it's it's much like the 600 for four like well that's fucking strong right well, the problem yeah. was now in hindsight, once I learned how to load my hamstrings, a 70 will whip my ass because if your hips right. are pinned and you're lifting your knees at the top and you're really isolating your hamstring, it's a different ball game. And it's, it's tricky because we do promote, I mean, I definitely promote progression so much, but you have to ask yourself when you're training as a bodybuilder, what do I feel working? Um, you know, because I find like something basic that I've taught a lot of people like on an RDL 
everyone thinks about leaning, like stretching down. How far can I stretch down? Yeah. And I always tell them, fuck that. Which way? Okay, if you're facing north, I want you to throw your ass as far south as possible across the gym. Hmm. Right, that's right, your right. stretch. Yeah, I know what you Don't mean. stretch down. And stretch back. That's your stretch. Yeah. You may not. You may not see the bar go as low, but you're creating more of a stretch with something like that. Or they're letting their back roll, which is taking stress off the hamstrings because they're so obsessed with going low. You know, like yeah. well, I can touch the ground. Um, and then another thing that, uh, that Jordan taught me actually, it was awesome was the double pause RDLs are amazing. So you start from the ground, you bring it off the ground, like two or three inches and you pause, then you do your rep. Now it's going to be slow. There's no jerk here. You're going to pull it up with the hamstrings. Then you're going to go back down. You're going to pause again at the, at the, you know, three inches above the ground, then go back to the ground again. And I tell everyone if you have a training partner, have them verbally say one, two, then you go up, then you pause again, one, two, you'll be shocked how long a two count feels with 400 pounds in your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I did the first time I did them, it was funny, but I was doing the count in my head and then we, I watched it back and it was like a half of a one count. And I was yeah. certain that I was holding it for a while. So after that, I was like, all right, Tommy, you got to say it because I'm going too quick. But those tore my hands up because there's no momentum. And like you said, when you're when you're obsessed with weight on something like an RDL, you can get explosive and you're pulling from any muscle that's willing to, to help. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. And like I was saying, like, you know, there comes a point where is it really about getting stronger? You know, like if you're yeah. already inclining, like if you're inclining five plates and you don't have a great chest, I'd say inclining six plates isn't going to give you a great chest. Like right. there's something about your chest training that you have to fundamentally change because you're moving like really dangerous, massive weights that are, uh, that are, are technically a risk at all times. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting the results, then it's a complete waste of your time. Yep. So I agree. So yeah, we have to remember that. Okay. Okay. What you else we got? got? Let's see here. Um, oh man. Oh, Dusty left us as I, usual. I, I had to, I, I had love another. some of these. I, I, I got to say this one. It's so funny. Yeah. I, I'm just reading these comments because I'm behind. Ron is a fountain of information. And the one, and the one guy says, yeah, but honestly, he could be making it all up. <laughs> Dusty left once us. Once a week in the middle, every time. Yes. <laughs> we had another, uh, another Ron question here. Uh, best band that came out after 2010 that's a fucking hard question i don't like a lot of bands that came out since 2010. <laughs> i'm not the best person to ask for that holy smokes after i don't know 2010 i'm trying um, to think we melted him down i think we melted him down dusty this is when he's working well he doesn't he's, so, he's in his years <laughs> So, I, so you know what? I'm going to mention one band just because I really like their albums. Um, the Royal Bloods. I really like those guys. I'm just going to say that, throw that out, check out the Royal Bloods. I like them a lot. They sound great. Um, I don't know a ton about them, but I, uh, I like their album. The, I have their first album, and uh, yeah, they're a good band. I like them. I don't know if they came out 
like they might have been together before 2010, but I just I remember them being like a new band. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna pull them up. Huh. Anyway, that's my take. If they're 09, you're screwed. You've just lied to them all again. Yeah. Did you guys watch uh, Royal Blood? Yeah. Did you guys watch the show The what? Witcher? By the way, I just started it um, the other day. Actually, okay. I saw that question pop up. Well, yeah, we got a Witcher ah, question. It's good for his connection with the with the brand, wasn't that it? What is it? What year was so. it? The Royal Blood. It's uh, it's a duo. That's why they're kind of unusual. Oh. That's why I like them. It's only two guys, but they're really good. And um, they were formed in 2011. Look at you. Huh. You're in. By the way, Ron, check out Power uh, Trip. That's what someone said. If you like old Metallica. Oh, we're getting a little. You know what? Ron tried to use his phone at the same okay. time. Sorry. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Well, he'll call back. No, you left. Why do we all? We It's like we all have our you gotta take. You got to take turns. I'm just glad you guys didn't break. leave at the same time. Because then it's just me just sitting here. <laughs> you got to tell a joke immediately. Be funny. Go. Yeah, go exactly. Right. All right. There we go. Oh, there we go. Wait, wait. Everything's so confusing. Oh my God, I'm on the wrong side. There we go. Oh, We're I'm in the one step no. closer. I don't mind. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I do not like being in the middle. It's not good. <laughs> it affects my life. It's I don't good. mind. I sort of like being off to the side. I can Look at that, that question. The The Witcher one. Putting out new podcast oh. merch. Post advices, Scott. Oh, well, I'm going to deflect that question. Yeah, I, you know, I would, I would love to put out some merch. And as you guys, I'm sure both know, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of money to be made in it. So putting out merch is uh, very costly, both time and effort wise. And this is where I deflect. I was just looking at your stuff, Dusty. You had a post. You've got some stuff that's out there now, don't you? Yeah, I've had it for forever, and I just <laughs> didn't do it. And then finally, I was like, "Ah, screw it!" So I put them out, and I sold like a hundred shirts yesterday. I just need to actually email everyone back and send it all. You're yeah, kidding? It's <clears throat> no, yeah, they go quick when you do it. It's just like you said. I think the only thing I had to alter is, and that's why I'm going to get back to everyone this week. That I told them I'm going to let you know on your shipping once I see it, because uh, you can ship to UK, and I mean, it might be the shirt's twenty bucks, and I might charge you twenty five dollars to ship it. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you still want it, I'll ship it to you. And a lot of guys do. But it just, I feel bad because it sucks. But there's just nothing we can do about that price or how long it takes. It's like, yeah. let me know when you get it. Here's the tracking. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so that part it, sucks. But So my my take, my take is that merch is, like mailing merch is a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. It's something i just want to get someone else to do which is what i do now <clears throat> yeah 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 it'd be cool to get like i know that they have um you know like uh companies that you can hire and then somebody orders the shirt and then they make the shirt on demand and there's not a lot of money to be made in it but my question is is i want to make sure it's a good quality shirt you know what i mean i want to ha i like thing. having it in my hand and knowing it's good before i give it to somebody you know yeah, like yeah. you don't want to like set up your set things up with a company and then they change the shirt on you because there's like a, a supply issue. Yeah, and you don't know about right. it, and all yeah. of a sudden the shirt the shirt they're sending out with your logos on it isn't the shirt you picked, and and I've heard that happening to people too, you know. So that well, would be there's maddening. differences too. 
because I had uh, like I like 50 50 shirts to train in. Um, and then Ron, like the shirt you're wearing is the is it's a 60 40. That's what I sell. Um, but like my 50 50s, I only like one brand because the sleeves are a little longer and I like it to cover like my elbows. Yes. And, yeah. and one time, uh, the, the lady who makes my shirt shipped me my personal shirts in a different brand. I was like, these don't fit right. Why did you do this? Oh, yours were out. I'm like, we didn't discuss you just printing them on something else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to wear a shirt that the arms are a little shorter. It drives me batshit. I'm old. We do now shit. I, now weird. I have to cut the sleeves off all of them. They make them my sleeveless <laughs> shirts. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's like that obsessive. But no, I mean, that's... Uh, I think the big thing that I really just kicked back though in reverse with the merch is that if people want to support me, I don't really care if I make money. It's awesome. It's a couple bucks. It's fine, but it's cool that people want it in a couple of years. No one's going to give a shit. So why not? hundred <laughs> percent cotton cardboard teespring shirts. The oh, worst. God. The worst. I, not to mention when you wash them, they're now garbage. They change colors and they're 17 times smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Tanya adds for like 40 bucks, you know, <laughs> Costed, it costs 19 cents to make those. Um, yeah. How yeah, about a, yeah. a training question here? Uh, can you do something about your bicep peaks or is it no. all genetics? Your bicep attaches where it attaches and there's nothing you can do about that. And you only have a certain amount of muscle cells in your bicep and you're born with them. So you got to get your bicep as big as you can get it. That's the only hope to add roundness. Yeah. The bigger a muscle gets, the more shape it has, essentially, is generally what happens, right? So yep. you just have to get your arm as big as you can get it. And also, here's some advice. If you're trying to get more bicep peak and you're struggling, do yourself a favor and really work fucking super hard on your triceps. Because if you have a great tricep hang, it like sort of gives the illusion of roundness to your whole arm. And yeah. you'll still seem like you have more peak. You, you know, know it's funny mean? you said that, Ron, is that's the same thing. Like we've talked about, I think we've maybe talked about last week, but like quad sweep of guys come in and, and they, if you measure their leg, it's very big, um, but it doesn't look that big. And so I just remind guys like, cool, you're probably not really ever going to have a great quad sweep, but we can hammer your adductors and we'll just make yeah. your entire leg bigger. Like you said, with the tricep. And it's funny, but if you have a massive leg, people look past the fact that you don't have a great quad sweep. If your arm is 22 inches, but it's got a weak bicep, people almost forget. Yeah, because it's see a 22 inch arm. You know, it, it, does it really matter what makes it that big? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. no, I, I agree. But yeah, you can't. You sadly we can't make a peak happen. Ronnie Coleman's. You know, the little peak on his is as big as my entire bicep, and then that's on top of his actual bicep. <laughs> yeah, with the Ty Green, another one with the freaking peak. Oh what yeah, is that thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, we had some more training stuff here. Um, uh, how do you dodge the dreaded lower back pump outside of being super lean uh, and don't going crazy with cheat meals? Well. Um, it depends on when he's getting it and what he's doing, you know, like it's one thing to like post show sort of get that lower back pump or maybe you've never taken Anadrol before and 
you're really pushing and you, you do some stuff you've never done before and your pumps are off the hook and you notice you get the crazy lower back pump. Um, so those are possibilities. But if you're just like getting it all the time, there might be an issue with like your, your pelvis positioning. You might have tight hip flexors or your lower back might be super tight or your glutes might be tight or your hamstrings might be tight. There might be some sort of mobility issue there if your lower back is always blowing up on you when it shouldn't be you know what i mean mm -hmm. like if you do one set of lying leg curls and your lower back goes nuts there's something wrong with your pelvis you know like you're doing something with your lower back that you shouldn't be doing so that's my that's my bit about it that's actually really strong i didn't think about that i i, I think when you do a lot of therapies you almost start to forget that because your body's always the way it's supposed to be huh like i've been in like my body's been where it's supposed to be so much that like I walk into my therapist and I'm like, my right hip's a little high. Can we fix that? Like, I know. Like, just walk in. I'm like, this is what's wrong. And then it's, they put it right back in. It's quick. So, um, but yeah, that's good advice. I don't even think about that. Because my, my generic answer is usually, in a lot of cases, you're too fat. Hmm. If that's an issue. And, right. you know, assuming that what Ron said is, is not the case. Because um, I do know when I used to get it, I was always pretty fucking fat. Like right. <laughs> consistently, because right. I, I can't remember the last time I had a low back pump now. Right, right, right. I remember I trained a guy in the gym once and he had like, I remember thinking his posture was a little bit off, like his pelvis was tilted more than it should have been. And he sort of had like, you know, his, his abdomen sort of, he had like a lot of arch in his back just standing there. Mm -hmm. I was a, this guy that had me help him for a couple of workouts and, uh, I remember he wanted to train legs. So I was like, okay, we'll train legs. And like, I showed up and I put him on the leg press to start. And within like three or four warm-up sets, he was literally laying on the floor in agony. He's like, my lower back is so pumped. I can't go on. I can't even train. My lower back is so pumped. And I'm like, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we're on the easiest one in the gym. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, he, so there, there's, there was something about his, I said, you got to work on your hip flexors or something, your hamstrings are a mess, there's something going on, because you shouldn't do three warm up sets of leg press, and have a lower back pump so agonizing that you abort your workout. Right. You know, that's not my fault. Sure. You know what I mean? There's something wrong you with your money, right? Body. Yeah, I think it's today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, good. Good answer on recalibrating your growth there, boss. What did I say? 13 is definitely different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> um, if you have a um, a massage gun, hit those hmm. hip flexors before you start your training. Same thing on the high part of the glutes. I do that every single time I come in for back or legs. Just give them a little touch before we start. Hmm. We had a Ron knows. Like, I said, I made him buy one of those things. Do you still use it? Yeah, I still use it. I use it See, almost every night. Ron used the <laughs> massage gun. You actually introduced me to it before we trained shoulders together. You, he got the massage oh, yeah. gun out, and he was like, you know what? This is what I do. Every time I'm going to train shoulders. And he went all around. He was like, try it out. And I was like, man, I like this. And then I ended up getting one after that. Yeah, I like really getting into the bicep tendons. Really yeah. Getting in under the front delt, that whole mess under the front delt. It's just a kind of a – I'm assuming that it's all just like – partially torn shit that's glued itself together <laughs> right right like my bicep tendon is now just part of my pec it's probably just it's part of my muscle now. just one mass of, of, of tissue <laughs> healed together from repeated damage he's got to heat it yeah. up a little 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just warm it up. Just warm it up. Okay. There is a gear question here. Uh, over the years, uh, what's your favorite off-season compounds? Test. Test, bro. Test and EQ. That's it. That's my answer every single time. Yeah. D-ball. If I'm I, doing uh, a cycle, to, it's those two things, and I'm good to go. To quote Ronnie Coleman, ah, you know, basic <laughs> stuff. Yes, D-ball, you know, basic stuff. Did you see that somebody turned that into a uh, – what do you want for Christmas? Yeah, I posted it on my thing. What do you oh want my for God. Christmas? Oh, you know, basic stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was dying. I guess that was off yours that I saw that. I literally would like share that like five people. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Test, D ball, you know, basic stuff. All right. So I didn't see the show. Dusty, you said you're watching it. Just watch The Witcher. Have you guys heard that? Who is this? And Henry Cavill. Henry is, Cavill. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Is a muscle yeah. tech sponsored athlete. Do you think this is good for muscle tech? Are they actually sponsoring him? Because he's like got so much money that you think huh. he wouldn't even need them. I mean, Henry Cavill's a huge star. You know. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know, know about that, him. but but to think it's a good for muscle tech, my answer would be no because I'm watching the show and I don't even know that. It's a good point. I don't think that anybody says, well, because I'm watching this show and that guy's on it, I'm, I want to try this cell tech or whatever the fuck muscle tech makes now. Yeah. I didn't know they still existed. I didn't Fantastic. know either. Yeah. It used to be everybody was huh. with muscle tech. Literally, like every single athlete was with muscle tech, it seemed. I thought it was amazing that they created a product with 75 grams of sugar and sold it for like $5 million. <laughs> this is creatine monohydrate and sugar. It's $7 a serving. It's magic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness sakes, yeah. It, it's it's pretty new. September, in September of this year, he signed a deal with um, with Muscle Tech. So Henry Cavill's doing their strength redefined campaign. Huh. Okay. So he's like been hired to be like a campaign dude. You know, he's a. He, I love Henry Cavill. He's awesome. I mean, he was the the best Superman ever. Yeah. You know, Man, Man of Steel, right? You saw Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was awesome in that. So um, I haven't watched The Witcher, but everyone says it's great. I just started it. It's definitely. I like it because it didn't waste any time in the very first episode, Ron, letting me know what I was watching. Hmm. Okay. I was like, oh, well, we're in. Okay. I've been watching for wanna, three minutes. I don't want to worry. <laughs> I don't want to worry. How's Yellowstone going for you? Not good. Where are it's you? It's not good. I'm I'm caught up, but the problem is they this this season is like nothing's happening. Huh. No one no one's been you know. There's not enough death. There's not enough bad think... shit happening. Uh, I feel like I feel like they're like and now there's one episode left, and I'm like, so you guys are not gonna tie this season off. You're gonna tie off, or it's almost like this season is just a bridge. Well, we'll see. I'm only I, I'm I'm a few episodes behind you, so I sort of like. <clears throat> You're right. It's a bit of a slow cooker, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. But, you know, on the flip run, um, I did. I think I told you this already. I started watching the new Dexters. Oh, um, yeah. I want to see that. It's amazing. Damn, I got to see that. It is, it is as good as the old ones. I'm like, the first episode was a little like, ah, we'll see. And then the second one, it just lit on fire. And right, like it ended last night and we were like, shit. Huh. We got to wait six okay. more days before next Sunday. <laughs> So is that on Showtime? Yeah, it's phenomenal. 
Say I don't even know. My, okay. I just say, can you turn Dexter on? And then it's on. And then it happens. It just happens. Yeah. It's like a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't okay. know how to operate this television. I just put in requests. <laughs> I would like to watch Dexter, please. Thank you. Uh, Derek Oslin, is he going yeah. open? No, Derek Oslin is staying 212. In fact, he's dieting right now. I know his his issue had always been getting like absolutely peeled. So he's starting now. He's starting now for like uh, the middle of the year. So he's going to be absolutely <laughs> peeled. I got it. This laughing? is the best. Cut Claren, uh, one of our comments. This season of Yellowstone is like the Northern Ireland season of Sons of Anarchy. A complete waste of time. Oh, God. <laughs> See? I'm so glad that someone gets it. Oh, it is showtime for Dexter. Yes, That's how perfect. I feel. Literally, I'm like waiting for something. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. Thank you. Everyone I've talked to is saying the same thing, too. Well, I feel yeah. bad because me, of how it's... many people I directed to Yellowstone and then they catch <laughs> up. And I'm like, you're kind of I responsible now. Season three, dude. I only, I only <laughs> you never know. Two. You never know. They might bring it all to a hard boil right at the last episode. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, so, there, there's stuff times. brewing. There's stuff brewing. You know, they got the, the, you know, the whole. Yeah, I'm at the part where he's he's there. You're finding out who the cellmate was that hired the dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's where I am right now. So I assume yeah, well, if you go if you down. go forward like four episodes, you'll be right where you are now. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Truth. Okay. Okay. How are we? How much time we got? I only have a few more minutes. All right. I don't you, know what time it is. How much time you guys have time for a, a training question and then a a life question? Yes. Sure. All right. Training question at doctors. And this is this might help me too. He says uh can one train abductors, uh, abductors, uh, there is no machines available in the gym. Sumo squats? Well, it, sorry. Uh, he's, cable it attachment. Says, oh, how can it? It says, it says abductors there, which is the, like, pushing out oh, muscles. Yeah. Did, did I say abductors? Or well, abductors? Just, right, but yeah. we're, just, we're saying which one it is. All so right. I think he means adductors because he's bringing up sumo squats, and that doesn't. Mm. He's yeah. thinking adductors, and he wrote abductors. Um, he's thinking so, you're thinking inner thigh, right, boss? So I, I need mm. to say something here before we start, just okay. so everyone knows where I stand. The outer thigh machine, right? The adductor, the abductor yes. machine that yes. you push out with. Easily the most useless piece of equipment in the gym. It's it's a piriformis exercise. I don't think anyone needs to do it. There's so many superior ways to train your glutes. You know, just lunging would be superior, squatting, everything is superior to that. So if you're worried about your abductors, like the pushing out function, yeah. I I would say you're better off just just squatting and doing Bulgarians and just training your glutes normally. Um, yeah. But if you're trying to do adductors, which is inner thigh, then yeah, um, you know, turning your feet out a bit on the leg press too, and going a little bit, a little bit wider stance. Anything with a bit wider stance is going to put a lot more stress on your adductors. So, you know, if you can't actually train them with a the good girl bad girl machine, you know, which you can create your own. Um, so what can, I used yeah. to do at a gym that didn't have one was I would set up a bench in between the cable attachments. 
do one at a time, but I'd actually put my foot through the uh, cable crossover attachment and then do one leg at a time, just oh, squeezing yeah. it across the body uh, from the low cable stance. You can't go as heavy on those because of it. So do like a two count pause at the stretch, a two count at the contraction. And there you go. Oh, man. He says, uh, I'm going to be honest. I never knew the difference between abductors and adductors machine. They um, just did them both at the same time. Yeah. So there you go. In, in, yeah. That's most people. So don't 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 be uh, odd with that. I, I used to actually do that even like five years ago. I'd be like, all right, I want to write down the right one because I'm with Ron. Like I see people live on both and I'm like, you're wasting your time. You're yeah. considered you're, walking you're really lunges that will destroy your glutes. Yeah, you really only need to do the inner thigh. Yeah. How about, okay, I've got a like a closer then. I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm genuinely curious on this too. Now, I imagine that neither of you are like big New Year's resolution guys, but, and, and I'm not really either, because I think that New Year's resolutions kind of get a, a bad reputation for people that start something and why not just start it today type, you know, instead of like mm -hmm. setting for your New Year's resolution. But I do believe in having plans. So I'd genuinely be curious you know, 2021 is closing. What is one goal that each of you guys plan to work toward for 2022? One? Yeah, I have just like a little list. Yeah? yeah. Well, I have, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really fascinated and I, I don't want to talk about it too much because I understand it's kind of one of the asshole topics that comes up with people. But I, I'm really fascinated with crypto, the whole crypto world. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's bending, it's bending my brain. What's happening in that space. It's beyond most people's comprehension. I don't fully understand it. I hear people explain it and I'm like, that sounds fucking crazy. Um, but I, uh, and then I just listened to the new Elon Musk interview on the Lex Friedman podcast mm -hmm. and he talks about crypto on there. And I'm like, holy shit. Like we don't, we don't understand what's going to happen. I saw a Gary V video the other day. He said, uh, he said the blockchain is going to be a bigger change than the internet was. Wow. That's... Bigger. <laughs> he said all these, all these companies saying oh, all these, like for example, insurance companies, all mm -hmm. these online, these online companies are affecting my business. He, he goes, ha ha, you just wait till the blockchain, uh, happens to your industry because it will decimate all the middlemen it's me yeah. and you doing an, an uh, doing a, a transaction and there's nobody else involved huh and yep. and it's it's going to transform the world the blockchain is going to transform the world not to mention there's going to be millions of people freaking living on it literally in an alternate reality spending their entire day living on the blockchain so uh, it's difficult to wrap your brain around what it actually is, but um, the people that think that crypto is just money, that's just the most remedial understanding of what's going on in that space. It's not even close. The, these games that they're coming out with, these metaverse games and blockchain gaming, like they're not going to game on PlayStations anymore in 10 years. You won't have a PlayStation. You'll be gaming on the blockchain. Huh. Mm -hmm. You'll be going mm -hmm. onto the blockchain into another world, gaming there on the blockchain and it's not going to be, you won't need, uh, what it's going to be completely different. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just fascinated with that space. I, I keep, you know, I'm always looking for 
podcasts and guys to listen to. And, um, it's, uh, it's really, really fun. Been a lot of fun. And I hope to, you know, make some fucking good money out of it too. That'd be great too. You know, so I'm having some fun, but, um, I, I just love that, that whole thing. And then, and I want to kind of get deeper into it and try to have more comprehensive understanding of what's going on. And that's one of my goals for 2022. It's a good goal. And a very large one. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ron's Ron's went big for sure. Um, that stuff I'm playing with in the same department as Ron and, and we're, we're, uh, communicating with uh, a friend on, on a lot of that stuff as well. Um, but right now the biggest stuff for me is, is a little more, um, some short-term things that I've wanted to do. Um, so I've got some tweaks that'll be public in a few days that are going to be very good news that Ron knows about. Um, and then I also have, um, I'm, I'm, looking at purchasing another business in the next couple of weeks that looks extremely uh, feasible. And it's something I've always wanted to, something I've always dabbled with the idea of doing and hadn't jumped yet. And I find it interesting. I'm sure you guys can relate to this when you start working and I cleared some garbage off of my plate, just things that were in my way. And then all of a sudden opportunity just kind of showed up that I wouldn't have had time for huh. before. And I think that that's something like I had a long conversation the other day about this is a lot of people don't realize how much um, negative energy or negative things take on their plate. Um, and I had a bunch of that. So I felt really, really busy. And over the I mean, basically, since I got sick, I cleared a lot of the negative bullshit off of my plate. And now I'm running all my businesses higher than I have. And I'm bored huh. because I have free time. I'm like, wow, that's how much energy and time I was wasting. And as soon as I literally said out loud, I'm bored, I want to buy another business. Uh, I got a phone call like two days later and someone was like, you want to buy this with me? I'm like, yes. So got, got That's that cool. cranking along and I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of work and, uh, but it's exciting, you know, to have something to risk a little bit with again. That is cool. I, uh, I want to remind everyone, one of my favorite things to focus on is opportunity cost. So think of all the things that you put time into. And, you know, for example, let's say you're, you know, uh, let's say you're working a nine to five and uh, you, you, you know, your, your, your day's pretty busy and you have a bunch of other stuff that's on your plate. You don't have time to start a side business. Well, mm. the opportunity, opportunity cost of the other stuff on your plate is enormous because it's preventing you from starting a side business. So you have to clear your plate a bit hmm. like, and you might have to give up some income too, in order to break up room for the new project hmm. that can later yield you more income, you know? So sometimes people get really stuck. They're like, well, I have a full-time job and a part-time job, so I don't have time for a side, a side business. I'm like, we have to quit your part-time mm -hmm. job. And they go, oh, well, then I'll lose money. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's just the opportunity cost of what you want to achieve. You have to get rid of it so that you have time to do the business you want to do. So everything has a cost. Everything takes a certain amount of time and energy and money off your plate. And you have to clear your plate sometimes to make room for new stuff. And it might feel like you're taking a step back because you might lose a bit of income or you might lose a bit of whatever but you're opening up the space for the other stuff to happen. So, yeah, I think it's you know. key. Like 
like you said, but also a little more basic that I think more people run into that they don't realize is energy and people they bring into their life. If you talk to someone who's uber successful, as soon as someone's negative, they will cut them out, gone. Huh. They yeah. don't blink, yeah. they don't think, they don't, you are not good for me, goodbye. And I think a lot, I mean, myself included for years, you, you will drag shit that is pulling you down. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, I mean, literally, and now it's funny, but we joke, uh, you know, friends of mine and stuff, because I will cut people super fast now and they think it's negative, but it's not. I'm not mad at you. It's just, you know, it's kind of a situation. Like if Ron called me and said, hey, I got a problem. As soon as he told me the problem, I go, and what is your proposed solution? And if he didn't have one, I'd be like, all right, bro, we'll talk to you later. And until you have that, I can't talk to you. Hmm. Yeah. You know, because you'll have yeah. people that will have a problem. It's the same problem in six months and they keep talking to you and you're wasting time and energy. And I'm, I'm a huge believer in energy. So like I said, amazing what dying will do when you wake up and you go, oh, I had a lot of garbage on my plate. I just cleared it off. Yeah. yeah. Life got easy. And I'm like, oh, huh. now it's like, shit, I need to fill this time. It's the I'm in the reverse spot, Ron. Like, like I said, I mean, I'm literally like, cool, I have more time than I know what to do with. Let's do some more stuff. That's yeah, cool. have some more yeah. fun, you know, and it's entertaining too. It's not really, I, th- I think the big thing that, and I've been talking to the, the girls that live here, it's like, it's not even about money anymore. It's freedom because yeah. I don't, I can live off the money I have. It's people think it's money. I don't buy fancy things and stuff. It's not that it's literally just, I'm on this call on Wednesday cause I want to be. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Same what here. I do next today is because I want to do. And that to me is the most valuable currency in the world is the time you have when you can use it doing what you want yeah what what about you scott what's your 2022 goal number one goal you know yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a big one we need to so victoria and i have uh every year like right around new year's we'll sit down and we go over what we wanted to accomplish last year and then we kind of evaluate well how did we how did we stack up and then from there, we decide, you know, what are our goals for the next year? So I'm really excited because I, I find that helps me a lot, you know, to kind of keep myself organized. And one of the things I really have wanted to do is, like we had talked about earlier in the year, is uh, buy a property that I can begin to rent out. I would still love to do that, but I have to be realistic and say it may not be my number one priority. I'm going to keep working toward that, but the big one is going to be getting her into the country. Because it's not easy to uh, to make that happen, so that's going to be a big priority. And then from there is going to be work on a property. If I can do both of them this year, I mean, I think that that would be fantastic. I know it's going to cost us some money to get her here too. So, but that's the big one. And then from there, you know, we can move forward as a team. That's awesome. There's a lot more that stuff. You know what I mean? Like I could say, like you said, Ron, I got a big list, but those are kind of a couple of the big ones. Yeah, yeah. Those are monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guys, it was so I, hard uh, to get someone in the country. That's Naki. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. You know, unless I, I guess I can't just marry you, Ron. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I can, I can just walk across the southern border, no problem. But if I want to come in from Canada, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the wrong side. You got you to go to Mexico, then come north. That's all. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, uh, I appreciate sneaking in the live show here, guys. I've got a family arriving now, so I do have to take off and, uh, you know, go 
bear the burden of spending time with my relatives. And uh, I'll do my very best. Okay? There you go. You ready to go? I guess. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment, and... Ring the bell. There you go. Okay, it's just bodybuilding. Thanks, everybody. See y'all.